Kids, come here. I want to say something to you. exciting time in Wilmore. I've been around Kentucky and this city since I was even younger than 10 years old. In fact, I was only days old when my parents brought me back home to a little house here in Wilmore. I have never seen so many people in Wilmore and I've never heard of them closing Wilmore down having to get an ID, having having to show your identification card to get inside the city. That is pretty exciting. And Zion's mom, Miss Karras, encouraged Zion to journal about this, to write about this. And so Zion did, she wrote about it. And um, maybe we'll have you read it here sometime, Zion, but she said, uh, something wonderful has happened, and I'm gonna tell you all about it. Mm -hmm. And she described how there were cars, thousands of cars parked everywhere and cold people uh, waiting in lines. It was quite an experience. And you guys know in the Bible, it says there's coming a time when the mountain of the Lord will be higher than any other mountains and people will stream to that mountain. Now, mountains... Somebody tell me something about mountains. What do they think you think of? Yeah, Zion? A high place, like a hill the bigger. Solid? Any thoughts about mountains? What do you got, bud? Do you want to, like, whisper or kill? Anybody else any thoughts about mountains? What do they make you think of? Like a volcano. I love it. Like a volcano. <laughs> well, I'm going to use the two things you guys just said, and I'm going to tie it into what's been happening in the moon. Phoenix, your eyes Well, a mountain is a high place you can be on top, you can see really far. But also, a mountain is a place where people are far away and they can see the mountain. And God decided to lift up Wilmore, almost like Wilmore was on the top of a mountain, and lots of people came streaming from states all over America, and even from countries around the world. 
We even heard of somebody who sold their car in Chile so that they could get here. Somebody flew here from New Zealand? I mean, they came from the land down under, sort of, to the, to the mountain up high. And God says, there's coming a day when I'm going to make my mountain the place where I'm king, higher than any other thing in the whole world. Now, you know when a volcano erupts, it's a really big deal. Now, if it erupts close to houses and if it sends out a lot of lava, it can be very dangerous and devastating, destructive. But if it is a big, bright lava eruption and you can be a safe distance, people come from all over to get pictures of it because it's a pretty rare thing. Well, I believe, Cohen that God does have a mountain here in Wilmore, that he does have a high place where he's making himself visible, and I believe this is not just an ordinary mountain, I believe it is a volcano. And I'd like to hear other thoughts for the rest of the time, uh, but one little picture that I think, I think this last couple weeks, there were some puffs of smoke that came out of the volcano and there were puffs of God's smoke. It says in Isaiah 6 that smoke filled the temple where God was. And so I believe God sent some little puffs of smoke and you know what? Even little puffs of smoke from God are enough to bring people from all over the world. What do you think it's going to be like if the lava explodes in the volcano. Wow. I can't imagine. Well, let me pray over you. This is where I want to pray. I want to pray that God would take you to his mountain that he has for you. Your own special high place where you can get close to God because Moses met God on the mountain in a special way. Elijah met God on the mountain in a special way. There is a solid mountain yeah, there is a Phineas Mountain, a Samuel Mountain. There is a Cohen Mountain. And a Zion Mountain. Absolutely, there's a Mount Zion. <laughs> there's a special place for just you and God. All right, let's put our hands in here. We're going to do a quiet thing for you, buddy, because we love you. That is so cool. Lord, we thank you so much for your mountain. We thank you for your liquid lava love. And we ask that you would explode on, with your goodness all over us. And that we would feel all the good things of heaven swirling around us. And I pray that each person here would find their special mountain of encounter with you. Say mountain on three, but we're going to do it quiet for the love of our brothers and us. Mountain on three. One, two, three. Mountain.
All right, kids, you can go back if you would like to. All right. Um, Karis, would you come, like, maybe any announcements? And then we'll just open it up for the rest of the time. So the two big things, we'll probably do what we did last year as far as food. 
um, which a lot a lot of us brought things and then we made it together. Um, so we'll, we'll do some of that. The big two big costs will end up being the lodging itself and then also paying David and Wendy and their kids to come and speak to us. So thank you though for asking that because I had to get that nailed down. Anything else? Hey, Leslie, do you want to say something? Yes, I did. Come on up. announcement that uh, Erica has finally officially moved up to Kentucky and we're very excited. Um, so I encourage you all to come over and say hi to her uh, sometime. Um, maybe, not, maybe tonight, maybe she'll be swarmed with people who won't have a chance to talk to her because she's just a really awesome person. But yeah. at some point I encourage everybody to say hi to her. Yeah, something funny earlier, uh, something funny earlier as I was talking to Sue and then remember the lady's name behind you, but I was talking to them. They're like, do you like it? And I'm like, I thought you meant, I thought I heard, do you like Nick? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I do, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've liked him for over a year now, yeah. <laughs> but when they said it was, do you like it? Like, do you like it in Lexington? Anyway, so, thank you. We're glad you're here, Erica. What a cute couple. All right, let's, let's just dedicate the rest of the time to um, giving you a, an opportunity to speak about your experience uh, here in Longmore, what God has done with you for soon. It's been a just an amazing time. I'm sure everybody feels that, understands that. I want to share just a couple of real specific things. Um, when I went over the first night myself to participate, um, sat down and uh, I don't know what I was expecting, but what I heard from the Lord was look and listen and uh, as I was doing that just put a whole different perspective because I felt like the Lord was teaching me at that moment um, and I'll just tell you what I think that is what I believe that is is because he's preparing me slash us for what's next um, it's already been stated a couple of times in different ways tonight that you know, Travis mentioned crumbs. Um, I just believe that as, as wonderful as this is, and I'm not trying to minimize that at all, there's more bigger coming. There just is. And I believe that the Lord, uh, in His mercy, has allowed us to see this, to teach us, to prepare us. I don't know if we'll ever fully be prepared outside of the Holy Spirit, and I believe that's what's happening, but to prepare us for what's coming. 
And so it was just a, a blessing to, and yes, I felt, you know, I felt the spirit moving and, and all these things that, and there's, that's not to be denied in any way, but just, I feel like I learned some things about worship in that process that was just almost like a um, slap in the face is a little probably too a little bit but it was jarring actually in a good way and just sort of shaking things up preconceived notions going by and uh, learning and, and I believe that Lord is going to continue to show us those things um, and then uh, I'm just going to have to follow this little rabbit trail here as I tell you here. Uh, Wednesday, we took our dog in for shots and, and got groomed and all this stuff. And he got like three big time shots. And he was pretty sore and just struggling that evening. And he developed this little. <laughs> just frequently, and it's like it about killed me. Bob understands. Um, yeah, there's a minute. I gotta remember that too. Um, anyway, I was just, I was really uh, distraught, probably too strong, or upset about it. And I felt the Lord saying, Okay, so pray for it. And so we. Okay, I told Dad we're going to pray, and we, we put our hands on him, and he just went, just totally relaxed. And we prayed for him, that was it. It was gone. Okay, so now the reason I tell you that is, is it's really sort of a, in some ways, sort of a silly thing, but it really wasn't, because then that was on Wednesday, and then one week ago tonight, Saturday. Two days later, I was sitting there running the live stream. And you guys who are here understand that there were, I think there were five different groups of people from dwelling that were up here in the front praying for people. And I want to use the word proud, but that's not a good word. I was thankful for dwelling, for the ministry, for the way the Lord is preparing us to welcome, to steward. You know, our um, mission statement is welcoming the presence of God to permeate every segment of society. Did we not just see every segment of society over the last two weeks? And we had the honor of being able to welcome that small little segment for that night, Saturday night in here. And it was a blessed time. And so there was a lot of prayer. And I was just so thankful for the training that we have received from the Lord here. We received that through many different people, Travis and Joseph. And I'm not going to try to name everybody's name, but it's taught us. And the Lord has spoken to us through them. And so there was all this prayer going on. And I was really sort of glued right there because the crazy live stream was, it was streaming off of a hotspot on my phone. And it was just like, 
Yeah, it was a little bit stressful. But, it, you know, the Lord took care of that. It went well. And uh, so, but bottom line, I wasn't up here being able to minister. Well, so I, I didn't count. It was four or five different people came over there and asked me to pray with them. And of those four or five people, like 75% of them were asking for healing. Now, the Lord's been speaking to me and teaching me about healing for the last several months. And all I can tell you is that, that preparation was critical because I don't know. And, and well, I just kind of allowed the Lord, I believe that the Lord was helping me pray for them and so forth because this is not my comfort zone at all. But I had a foundation because he'd been teaching me over the last months foundational things that have directly impacted my life. And so I, I tell you that just because he's preparing us in ways that we don't even understand. And we probably won't understand until it happens. Okay. And so I'm just so thankful. Um, yeah, th those were the things I really wanted to say because there's two people in this room, Bob Moore and I, who were here in 1970 and got to actually go to the revival. That were the two, but her family didn't move in until like the year after that. But so we were young whippersnappers, middle, junior high age. Didn't, you know, I won't speak for Bob, but I had no clue what was going on, but I know. I remember walking into that place and something hit me. It was just like, and I didn't understand what that was. I know now it's the Holy Spirit. And just believing that there's more coming, that we have gotten a glimpse, a brush with the Spirit, and I just believe that there's more to come. So I'm very thankful. Thankful for you guys, I'm thankful what, for what the Lord has given us in this body. We don't have it all, but man, I love what the Lord has given us and believe that there's more coming. Travis, I'm not going to come up front, but can we just thank Tim for everything he does tonight? Absolutely. Amen. I was just looking at him up there. I was just seeing the anointing uh, of God. And his, the anointing can really be described as Jesus manifesting himself um, in specific ways through people. Jesus is uh, manifested himself through Uncle Tim as like the maintenance man, jack of all trades for this ministry. I need to like let my uh, um, I'm just like uh, so in uh, 2019 I was invited into a group of uh, people at the seminary praying for revival early 2019 and uh, 
And we just had so much expectation, anticipation, we were hearing so many like, promises, so many signs, so many different ways God was speaking to a group of us. It was just, it was like accelerated and incredible. And, uh, and then 2020 comes, and uh, we were just like, like a, like a freight train, just like, come on, Lord, where, where is the revival? We're ready for it. And, uh, and uh, I guess just over time, if, uh, if you had asked me on, on the morning of February 8th, if you had been able to like, ask the right questions, you would have got a confession out of me. I, I'm not, I don't, I've repented of revivalism, I probably could have said. That I didn't, I no longer believe that the promises from God that we've been hearing, that we had actually heard them. And that I didn't believe God had any intention of sending any revival to this town anytime soon. And, uh, and I was, God was like weeding me of, of uh, religiosity, you know, seeing it everywhere, especially in charismatic circles. There's so much religion. And I, and like, I had to like deal with so much of, of realizing that so much of my life I've just had religious attitudes in, in so many ways of believing that what I do and what I say is, is evidence that I'm good and it's not. Um, and so then then when uh, everything started, like at first it was just kind of like, well this is really cool and I don't know what's going on but Lord, do what you want. And, and then maybe by like day three, it was kind of like, I don't know what else to, I don't know what, what better word to use than revival because maybe this isn't what necessarily for what I've been praying for, but revival is the easiest word to describe what's going on. And, and I just started to feel so much remorse of like, God, I checked out. <laughs> this, this is what we were praying for for years and I checked out. And I just felt like, I, I, I just, felt like I deserved to stay away and like I didn't deserve to go in and, and it's just uh, like Peter weeping in the dark and that cold all alone and yet we're like no I'm, I'm not going fishing there's no way I'm going fishing like Lord and that's Rachel texted the group that I waited in line three hours part of that was just like a personal pilgrimage like I, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I live across the street and I'm just a regular guy. I'm gonna stand in line like everyone else. I don't need to pull my, I'm a prayer volunteer card. If you get in, I can wait in line. And uh, I'm just getting to be with people and, and uh, seeing Kevin without a name tag on the president, passing out water. No, no, I, nobody has any idea who he is except me. And he's just, just that blessed in my heart. Like, thank you, God, for hum, humble leaders. And just other ways of having um, Kurt Vernon is one of Rachel's, if not her favorite musician, favorite worship leader. And I'd never actually met him, but I know who he is. And uh, I, there was one time he comes over and he's like, hey. And Rachel had told me him sharing his testimony of being a student and being in a seat and encountering God through um, a John Wesley quote and God just completely transforming his life in that moment and, and he's been different ever since. And 
And then he comes over and he's like, hey, you're in my seat. And I was, I was like, wait, like, when you had your John Wesley quote encounter? And he's like, yeah, this is where I was sitting. And I, my first response was, I'm sorry, here. And he's like, no, I came to pray for you. And I was like, oh, Jesus sent Kurt Vernon to pray for me. <laughs> and, uh, and then he, what he was praying over me was fire. And I've often had this attitude of how it's so irresponsible for people on a platform to pray fire over people because I understand that that means purification. And I've been just blindsided by God's purifying fire in the past. And he's praying fire over me and I hear, and God reminds me of a vision he gave me when I was like 20 or so of just, just being in such incredible peace in the midst of the purifying fire. It's such a, a precious picture, I still hold on to it. And he reminds me of that. And then says, Trenton, don't be afraid of the fire. And then today is like one of the most oppressed days I've had in a long time. And just like when Rachel's reminding me, Trenton, don't be afraid of the fire. And I just know I'm like, God, you're so good. And uh, and just like, it's his delight to revive us, to wake us up. He's so good. He delights in waking us up. He's, he's not, um, I think I sometimes have this attitude that like, we have to earn revival or something. And that only if we pray enough, only if we fast enough, only if we repent enough, then revival comes. And, uh, and maybe, maybe just in some sense, perhaps there's some truth in that. I don't know. I've had all my theology of revival kind of just like shuffled out in the last couple of weeks. So, but, but he's good. He loves and he, he has way more in store for us. Yeah. I just want you guys to join with me in uh, praying for Trenton. Lord, we thank you for this man. He's a man of God. He is a man of your spirit. He is a man you sent to this city. He is a man who you have given a wife. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. He is a man whom you've given three arrows. Children are a heritage from the Lord. They're like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Lord, we receive Trenton Penner. We receive the family, Rachel and the boys. We receive this man as a gift. Thank you for his heart, Lord, his vulnerability, his honesty. Lord, we bless him through the fire. And we thank you, God, that he's coming out the fire pure gold. And we thank you that his clothes won't even smell like the fire. There'll just be just the fragrance of that, of that man. That fourth man, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We bless Trenton, and I pray that his night would be so sweet tonight. We pray that you would just increase the peace over the Penner household, that the increase of the government and peace of Jesus Christ would know no end, Lord. What what we we have no time for flattery. 
or buttery words of the flesh, but we have all the time for the honor of your spirit. We honor this man. We honor him as a gift. The ones who receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man receive a righteous man's reward. If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. Lord, we receive this prophetic man of righteousness. And we receive the reward of his life. And we thank you that he has given to us. And so we proclaim over him the kingdom principle. Given it will be given to you a good measure. So we bless him with the good measure from God. Just running down over him and his family. Amen. I mean everything I said. It goes without saying real quick. Sorry for dominating the tenors a little bit. Well, just like a couple things. But first of all, about the revival, I sort of had like little moments here, here and there, like half an hour with the boys, half an hour without the boys. So it was really kind of hard for me to sort of like enter in. Um, I did have a special time like praying for some people. But um, one really special time was sitting in the front row with the boys. I think I might have sent that video. I don't know. I sent a video to the church with the boys. I don't know. But it was like the song Break Every Chain and the boys are clapping and it was just really special. Um, and a couple of things God reminded me of was just like just to worship him, the importance of worshiping him. And another thing was how his presence is better than anything. And I told Trenton, um, he came home from I guess on Thursday night. And um, I'd watched the live stream and he'd gone. And I was just like, I feel kind of like jealous or something. Like all these young people, they're like, they're all up there testifying like, God just fully satisfies everything. And I'm like, I know that. And I've been fighting for that for years and years. Kind of like you said about how I try to say no to things. And it's like, I know that God only satisfies. I know nothing else satisfies, but it's been like a wrestle and a fight. And I just want that grace to just like, the grace all these people are getting overnight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, Trenton reminded me that you know, they have to walk through life too. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just, just reminded in little moments of like how his presence is better than anything, and uh, just to keep fighting for it, even when it's hard and even when it's easy. Um, but I just wanted to share something else too. We've been really going through a, a kind of a challenging time with Sam. Um, he's like, you all know, almost, you know, like he's autistic and stuff and, uh, he's had kind of different regressions or different things over the years and, but he's also like extremely spiritually attuned and he has been grieving. I don't know if you guys heard him crying in the back. He's been grieving sin. He is so sad about sin. He was crying back there because sin is in the world. And he's like, Mommy, Mommy, why did God let sin in the world? And we've talked to him so many times about it and given so many, like, different explanations. And, like, Sam, God's so proud of you. You know, God is sad that there's sin in the world, too. And that's why he said Jesus. And Jesus is going to rescue us all just so many times. And he just, like, he'll just, like, be outside playing. And then he'll just, like, start crying. And he's and it might be triggered by something or something he sees or just out of the blue. And he's just... Why is there sin in the world? I just wish there wasn't sin in the world. And um, and it's just like, you know, 
shepherding, parenting a six-year-old who's been so much in his own imagination, so much in his own head that I can barely, like, he doesn't even, like, hear us half the time we talk to him, it feels like. He'll go to the table and start eating, and he's his food. Just, like, he's just sometimes just seems completely out of it. Um, but he's, like, because he's so in it in whatever he's doing internally. He's a smart boy. Um, but yeah, just, and sometimes he'll just like stay up really late at night and just thinking about different things. And sometimes it's elephants and other times it's thinking about Jesus coming back. But yeah, we've just really been like, um, like it's a really, like today he had a meltdown, a huge meltdown. We were out doing errands as a family and he was having a huge meltdown about sin in the world. and even tonight at church, and, you know, so just like, it's a lot to just kind of be going through. And then Trenton was in his oppressed mood, and so anyway, it's just, <laughs> just being real with you guys has yeah. kind of been a lot, but it's like sweet and hard and all that mixed together. So. Lord, we just thank you for Rachel. God, what she is, a true Rachel. Oh, Lord, we receive the gift of her. Thank you, Lord, my own personal connection to Rachel. We were both prayed for uh, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit in September or August 2005. Lord, um, we just bless her, Lord. Thank you that you have seen that she has a heart that's strong enough to walk through the challenges. But thank you, Lord, that you do satiate the souls of the priests with abundance. And you are going to not just satisfy, but satiate, where it's just, uh, as I've been learning about in chemistry, high school chemistry class, super saturated, that she will be oversaturated with your goodness, with your fulfillment. In your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Fear not, little flock. Fear not, little lamb. The Lord is pleased. He has pleasure to give you pleasure. And Lord, we bless Rachel. Even though she's willing to walk through a life of suffering, I thank you that you want to release the, her into the lifestyle of living at your right hand pleasures forevermore. And I thank you that that's your plan for her boys, her husband. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of Samuel. We receive him as a gift. And we pray all your perfect protection around him. We pray the perfect, pleasing will of God over Samuel. We thank you for making him so prophetic, so in tune with your spirit. And Lord, we thank you that no weapon formed against him will prosper. We thank you, Jesus, that he is soaked in your blood and that he will live and live and live because life is in your blood. Amen. Well, my, the beginning of this revival was just God cleaning me up and cleaning me up and cleaning me up. And it seemed like every time I went, there was another something he needed to clean up, and, which was wonderful. It was wonderful, but I was starting to think, okay, this could get to be 
difficult. <laughs> but one of the one of the times that he was playing me up, there was somebody I ran into that I didn't realize I had resentment against, and it wasn't even because of me. There were this person had offended someone I loved, and so I didn't realize I was carrying around nastiness toward this person until God started kind of pointing out very clearly to me, and I was like, oh, shoot. And he said, even though you don't say anything unkind to this person, you're cursing them by your attitude. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And it just, like a knife to my heart. So he said, you need to be a person of blessing and not cursing. So when I bring this to your attention, you need to intentionally be blessing this person. So I do think it was one of my lessons. Thank you, Laura. So my my experience with the revival has been feeling safe in God's presence again. Um, I had Sue and Gloria pray over me. Gloria knows more about it than Sue does because Sue just just prayed like fire over me. <laughs> and and Gloria, I, Gloria actually approached me to come pray over me and talk to me. And I shared a little bit about my testimony with her. But um, I had uh, I'd come from like I was raised in Texas. Um, and I left uh, an abusive home life. Like I was abused in nearly every way that someone could be. Uh, I left in January of 2021 with nothing except for my purse and my laptop. Um, uh, for a different story, God restored everything back to me that the locusts had eaten. I had way too much stuff afterwards. But um, what, what hurt more than the emotional abuse was the spiritual abuse. Like I, I heard there were there were other things, but I heard about the rapture so many times that it made me wonder what the point of my earthly life was if in a moment all of that could be gone. Um, I was in the gifted program at school, uh, just always been a super deep thinker, and so it brought about a lot of existentialism and a lot of woe about just like scared about eternity, even though I know God's going to be there. It's just like like some people. Some people aren't scared of the ocean, even though it's so vast. They just love playing around in it. I'm not scared of the ocean, but if you think about it in those terms, if eternity is like the ocean, there's still so many undiscovered things that are there. Like, no eye has seen and no ear has heard the things that he has planned for us, but coming from my background, it's like, it doesn't feel safe because I don't know what it is. And in time, like, I, I, I went to a Christian high school so even though things were bad at home, I still felt the love of God from my peers at school, and I was involved in my church, and I had their affirmation to the point that no one would know what was going on at home because I just seemed so happy, but that's because I had a place to go that felt safe. So when I left my home life, it, it just like, it, it devastated my trust in, I wasn't hurt by the church, I was hurt by my mom and my stepdad but it if like there was a lot of struggling with if god allows suffering and like 
martyrdom and things like that, it's like, how is it safe in his presence? And it was, it was always so hard. Like, even just reading my Bible, I could read the most non-threatening thing, like Jesus loves you and be crying, not out of peace, but out of just, Jesus is huge. And anything huge, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I like routine, I like structure. I like what I can understand. Um, so there was one night at the revival where like Nicholas was just holding my hand and I was just crying, looking at everybody jumping around and being happy. And I was like, I wish I could be like them. I wish I could feel safe like that. Um, and uh, Sue and Gloria prayed over me and what Sue had to say that I took away was she said, the venom hasn't killed you yet. And then Gloria, she said, life is life, but it's not his fault. As in, it's not God's fault, and it's not Jesus's fault. It's just, that is the effects of sin and people's free will to be able to do things like that. Um, so last week, um, everything hadn't gone away completely because I have uh, generalized anxiety and complex post-traumatic stress uh, from the environment that I grew up in, but I was able to read my Bible and not bawl my eyes out. So uh, I felt a lot more safety in his presence. And um, just during the time of worship, I was able to feel peace. Maybe not as strong of a connection as I would like, but I felt peace and not just constant anxiety about the future or about God and eternity. Thank you, Peter. I know we're a couple minutes past seven now. I don't want to cut anybody off if there's somebody who really has something in their heart to speak. Um, be glad to let you speak. I think we're going to continue to be unpacking and testifying. Um, you guys know how we roll. It's a pretty um, flexible atmosphere. Um, so we're going to continue to make space for that. Um, and saying that too if you feel like there's something really intentionally in your heart you'd like to share you really feel like God would uh, that he's leading you to do that and you can approach me or Uncle Sam and just let us know we'll, we'll make space ahead of time for that What's your name? I was going to come up to you and say, I see a Benjamin anointing on your life. And the Lord considers you a brother and he wants to give you five times. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, well, why don't we end with this? Benjamin, would you come and just uh, share whatever's on your heart right now? Uh, then I'll pray to close this up. about to find out what was on God's heart, I guess. Um, <laughs> I just got into town. I've never been to Kentucky before until yesterday. 
but news of what the Lord has been doing throughout the bride here, um, obviously it's kind of worldwide, and um, reached me and uh, my friend down in South Carolina, where we've been, and we've joined you guys in the spirit um, during, the, during the activities of the last couple of weeks, which um, I just came into town like an hour ago, so I discovered a very sleepy version of what we did and then seeing. But I heard that it started I heard that at the end of the service on the first night, the humility of confession triggered something in the spirit that opened up. Uh, and I think as much as we talk about repentance and we talk about love and we talk about other things, when I ever, whenever I imagine what revival looks like in the United States, I imagine someone being so humble as to like confess maybe in a public square or before some some sort of like large, not large, but some sort of um, buttoned up institution, whether it's in Beverly Hills or whether it's in DC before the Supreme Court or whether it's maybe perhaps in front of your boss's company. I don't know, I just imagine the humility of confession somehow breaking something in the spirit that Satan cannot contend with. And when I heard that it started with moments of actual like opened up confession in that service, I was like, wow, like, there's a, I feel like there's a confirmation where it's, yeah, there's repentance, but so often we repent, like, in our hearts, and then we share, like, the post, like, oh, yeah, that's great, or, I'm, God, you know, like, we talk about it after the fact, but there's something real in the moment of confession, I think, that has not been explored enough, at least in Christianity in this country that I've grown up in. Um, you know, we, and it's not practiced in the bride, it's really not practiced like in a in a vulnerable way. Like it's very like brother, brother. You know, and there's appropriate things and stuff like that. But like we've seen, um, there's so much power in in that because the beginning of the testimony starts with that change, and that change starts with confessing. Because even like in the moment of maybe even like before you feel repentant, perhaps it's that confessing, saying, "Look, this is a problem," and that's the moment when Christ becomes Christ. And we're no longer like, yeah, our decisions come out, like, don't factor into that moment because at that point, Jesus is the one that is able to make that change. And so I want to affirm the power of confession and the humility of what this town and what what, the bride, what you guys as a bride here um, have impacted just in, in my life and hearing about what has been sown here. Um, and in the days leading up to coming here, I didn't know what I was going to expect coming here. I just was like, look, it's days after it ended. They, like, the day my friend was like, let's go. It was like, look on Google. Oh, they're shutting it down. Like, they're shutting it down, like, like uh, logistically, you know. Like, I was like, well, you know. So, um, and ended up sticking around town. I actually had a pretty rubbish time um, that night back in town. Like, I should have been on the road. But all that to say, um, in the days leading up to now, I was imagining like, well, what is the prophetic significance of like the last two weeks? And I actually visualized a volcano. I visualized how before like the volcanoes in Hawaii, you know, there's like, there's like, um, 1970 was like a little puff. 2023 is a little puff, right? This, the volcanoes, they pop every couple decades and they kind of give a hint that they're still active. You have no idea when it's gonna blow in turn a little island into a big island. Turn a 
a little turn a little region into something that impacts the ecosystems of a continent. You have no idea. And it's just continuing to like pray and believe and, and allow the challenges of whatever life looks like, whatever whatever it feels like, know that it's, it's, it's not reality. Reality is what has been sown in the spirit. And so when the child said a volcano, I was like, all right, all right. Like, honestly, um, this is, uh, yeah, get, I mean, get, get your crisis kits out because people are going to be coming at some point, who knows when, just like no one knows when Kailua is going to like destroy half of Kona, of, of Hawaii. But in a good way, um, I feel like this is the rumbling of a kingdom book. You know, so, um, let's see if there's anything else. It's really the hunger. It's, it, so, like, on God's heart is the hunger, and it's also the, um, like, that confession, it comes from a hunger, a hunger of, not, of, of refusing the status quo and, and allowing the frustration of the status quo to feel so um, discomfortable and so um, dysfunctional to realize that God is the only thing that, that makes reality make sense. And it's that hunger that comes through confession. Like, you're, you're not going to confess that unless you're, like, really hungry and, like, ready to, like, spill, like, unless you're really willing to say, this is, this is my humble state. And that's the kind of hunger that drives people to share and confess. And God uses that hunger in such dramatic ways, just like 5,000 were fed by five loaves. Like, there's that multiplication of one person willing to, to you know, to show what humility looks like and is contagious. And, um, thank you guys for for having this door open and the sign out there saying something at five. I just parked and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just gonna like walk and see what, see, and then I could worship here and, and join you guys. So thank you for having your doors open. Um, Saturday night's an amazing format just for a lot of people anyway. So um, thank you. What is it? It's Brad. Um, I just think that's really cool that I had one thought and I was like wanting to go pray for you doing the thing and I was just going, man, I just feel like, you know, I'm hearing Benjamin and pray Benjamin blessing over you. So I believe that is an encouragement to, to Benjamin, but I believe he's an encouragement to us and his being here uh, is significant for us. And the way God works in the body of Christ is, Paul said, I long to come to you to impart spiritual blessing to you and that you also would give to me, we would mutually encourage one another. Um, so I just want to end by praying uh, for Benjamin and uh, just honoring his presence here, honoring God's presence here. Um, and then uh, we'll close up. And if you have any prayers to pray for one another, please do that. Uh, we're glad that you all are here too. Um, beautiful people of God. Um, Father, we thank you for um, your blessing. You are the greater Jacob, the father of all of Israel. Father, we thank you for our brother Benjamin. And Lord, we receive Benjamin here tonight. 
we receive him as the brother of Christ. I thank you, Jesus, that you say you're not ashamed to call him your brother. And Lord, uh, we ask that your blessing would rest on Benjamin like never before. And I, I do pray that Benjamin blessing over him five times larger than he would have ever expected, five times larger than he's ever seen. Lord Jesus, you are the greater Joseph. Bless your servant Benjamin. And Lord, I thank you that Benjamin is just a sign of, of our little house. You call us a, a Benjamin butler, as you've shown us. We're just a butler just to open the door up. And that's even what Benjamin spoke of tonight, the open door. Lord, that's what we're here to do. It's what we're here to be in this city, just a butler who opens the door for you and opens the door for your people. So Lord, let your Benjamin bride come in from all over and be served a portion of grace, grace upon grace, five times bigger than they would have ever imagined. And let Benjamin himself go out and bring that blessing to every person, to every community that he comes across. We love you, Jesus, and we throw ourselves at your mercy. And we know you won't despise anyone who comes to you. Amen.